Hello everybody, welcome to your Blood Red podcast on this fine Monday. I'm Andy Kelly and today I'm joined in the room with by uh, Joe Rimmer, our uh, LFC uh, live blog guru. Hello right, Joe. Yeah, not too bad. And I'm joined on the line at no expense spared by our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pierce. You alright James? Yeah, how are the legs? Uh, James um, is not with us today because he did the uh, the half marathon <laughs> yesterday. And, uh, he bossed the half marathon yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what was the time, Piercy? Uh, one hour 59, so yeah, just dipped, dipped under the two hour mark. Oh, you'd be happy with that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering that uh, I warmed up for it with a week eating and drinking in the States, uh, yeah, I'd have bitten your hand off for that beforehand. You were having a pint on Saturday night as well, weren't you, Jay? Yeah, just purely medicinal, <laughs> just, to, uh, just to relax me a bit. Well, you weren't the only uh, red having a having a pint on uh, on Saturday night, mate. It was uh, it was another um, you know positive, very strong Liverpool performance in a, in an Anfield derby, and and it it was strange, but the last twenty minutes were pretty much fairly relaxed for 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 Liverpool supporters once that third went in. Yeah, it was just a it was just a great day all round, wasn't it? I think you know I I I, I fancied Liverpool beforehand, but in the back of your mind, I think there's always that that sense of trepidation that you think you know you, you, Liverpool can't just keep on beating Everton. You know they they will have a day that where things go their way at some point, but it was it it, it was comfortable. It was um, you know, Liverpool started the game so brightly. You know I think it was the performance was was so much more complete than I thought we'd see from Liverpool because I just thought with the with the preparations as well and you know Klopp talking about how you know it was only Friday when he got all the, the squad back together again you know considering considering how 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 bad the preparations must have been for it it was it was a very fluent accomplished slick team performance and uh, you know apart from those three first half minutes between Pennington equalising and Coutinho putting Liverpool back in front. I don't think the outcome was ever in in any question. Yeah, well, we'll we'll start to talk about a few a few of the individual performances for Liverpool as well as maybe looking at Everton a wee bit. But uh, Joe, um, starting with Coutinho, as James says, um, I thought Everton gave an incredible amount of space for someone who 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 is you know always going to be one of Liverpool's key weapons. Yeah, I think I think he showed a real killer's instinct on, on, on Saturday because it, it was almost like he, he sort of grasped that Pennington was struggling with him and just kept running at him, didn't he? And he it, was, it was harsh on the young lad, but he just kept punishing him and he, he got his rewards because there was a few scares for Pennington just before Coutinho got his goal. And um, yeah, I mean, he was back to his best. Looked like the player that had been, had been sort of taking the league by storm in, in, in the early part of the campaign and and uh, yeah, and I think Everton, Everton's young team played into his hands a little bit. They were a little bit naive with him. I think a few times they they threw tackles in on him and and, and missed, and he just sort of ju- jumped past them, didn't he? So um, yeah, he looked far better. And, and I think Everton were a little bit naive to give him so much space. Um, I think maybe if they had someone like Morgan Schneider in the midfield, someone a bit more experienced, they might not have, might not have let that happen. But yeah, they did struggle with. Him. Yeah, Piercy, do you think that being away with Brazil actually had? We were all worried about it, but it seemed to have a galvanising effect on Coutinho. Obviously, scoring the goal over there would have given them a real boost, and it, it feels like he comes back from Brazil normally um, in a real positive frame of mind. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's certainly added 
a, a positive impact on him. I think you know Klopp has Klopp has kind of said that he thought that would be the case on Friday, and you know at the time you wondered whether it was just wishful thinking on his part. You know he said that both Coutinho and Firmino would come back with you know smiles on their faces, absolutely buzzing, having helped Brazil book their place in in in, in Russia 2018 with with plenty to spare. And but it, he he was right, wasn't he, Klopp? He was he was certainly proved correct because you know as Joe said, Coutinho was just an absolute revelation. I thought he was best player on the field by by some distance on uh, on Saturday and it was it was the Coutinho that we haven't seen in a Liverpool shirt since since the autumn really since before that horrible injury he suffered against Sunderland you know he, we just haven't seen him dominate a game and, and influence uh, uh, you know games to that extent and uh, yeah just absolute ooze quality I think you could see it very very early on just you know his, his movement even for you know the part he played in the first goal where we haven't even touched the ball, but the way you know the intelligent run he makes helps create the space for Mane, and then you know as Joe said, you know he, he caused Pennington uh, you know a, a, an awful lot of problems on that side, and um, you know he had that one sighter when he cut inside and Robles uh, pulled off a save and Jagielka nodded it away, but um, you know second time round he made absolutely no mistake and it was um, yeah it was it was just you know that's that's huge for Liverpool because you know they you know world class players. Influence games like that deliver on the big stage, and you know, thankfully, hopefully, that's the that that will be that will be the Coutinho that we see for Liverpool from now to the end of the season. Yeah, I suppose the only downside might be Joe on that is if if he start if he starts playing too well as we about <laughs> to enter uh, the summer window, and obviously. Um, we know that Neymar seems to be on a percentage of the fee if if he do, if he, <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. does go, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool fans will want him back, but. But we'll be hopeful that he sort of he hasn't done enough throughout the season, perhaps to attract unwanted yeah. attention from elsewhere. If Liverpool want to keep him, then they really should be in the Champions League anyway. So they're going to need him playing well. You know, I think it really does bode well that if he's in decent form, you'd sort of expect Liverpool now to move to kick on and qualify for the Champions League because he has struggled in in that that's this sort of spell they've had where they've struggled against some of the teams they should have beaten really. And going away to Stoke next week, he's pulled off some heroics there in the past. I think um, he'll be well needed there. And he'll be well needed against these teams to real sh- really show his class and provide some extra goals for Liverpool, especially if Mane is missing. Yeah, we'll come on to Mane. I want, wanted to mention somebody else. Now is the time I might as well get on the record my formal apology to Lucas <laughs> to, Lu- to Lucas Lever. Um Obviously, I was, I was keen that he didn't start the game. I had worries about that midfield of Chan Wijnaldum. And um, and Lucas, I mean, one of the things I was worried about was a lack of creativity. But I have to say that, in particular, sort of Chan put himself, you know, yeah. was almost in inspired form a little bit, and and surprised me almost more than. I mean, I, st- I always thought Lucas would come in and do a solid job. He he did play far b- better than I anticipated, uh, really. But it is the sort of job we know he can do. And PSC was. Um, he looked like looked like someone had taken five years off him on Saturday to me. He was abs- I mean, he seemed really fit and raring to go to me. He, he did, yeah. He, 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 I think the, probably the one fear that you probably had, and and plenty of other fans would have had, was you know was was a lack of mobility going to be exposed. But you know, not, not only it happened once in the game, did it? He, you know, he, he, he no. covered so much ground. Well, he was, he, yeah. he just, you know, his reading of the game was that good. You know, he, he made so many. Important, you know, interceptions and, and headers away, and you know, you, you know, the, the, the two centre backs I thought were, were great, Lover and, and Matip, but you know, they were helped to a huge degree in keeping Lukaku quiet from just how good 
uh, Lucas was of that shield in front of the back four. And you know, I think that was part of the reason why why Barkley completely lost his rag as well because you know Luke, Lucas you know ensured that he wasn't able to influence the, the contest whatsoever. Um, yeah, and it was sorry, it was great to see as well because you know I think you know Lucas may may well have thought that his kind of you know his his role on on big days like that might have might have kind of uh, passed him by, but um, you know I'm sure that was the kind of day when when he'd have been at home Saturday night thinking, thank God I didn't join into Milan in January because um, you know we all know how much playing for Liverpool means to him. The only, the only reason he ever thought about even moving on was just because he was just so desperate to play, and um, so to get picked for such a big game and to repay the manager's faith, you know you could. There's no. It was. It was, it was great. I think. I think he, he got the biggest bear hug off Klopp after the final whistle, and I'm and I'm not surprised because he was he was vital to the outcome. I think one of my, one of my favourite moments of the entire game was when I think I turned to you and we were going. Lucas is on the right wing at the minute. <laughs> he was he was over there and he was uh, he was enjoying himself, wasn't he? And he just I just think it shone through and maybe just the fact he's such an experienced player in in a, in a game where, as you say, there was a lot of inexperience in the opposition really um shone through for him uh, and uh yeah I thought it was you know his his standout performance for a long time f- for me but uh, I would uh, I would add and we'll uh, that that when Trent did uh, Alexander Arnold did come on he did play in a in an advanced midfield yeah. role and and he, seemed, he was, half the time he seemed to be in the Everton box uh, Joe he was he was bombing on quite well down that side wasn't he yeah I was saying before we were all thinking of you in the office when um, when he had that <laughs> shot near the end but yeah he you know, perhaps Andy, we, we owe you an apology because it looks like Klopp was having a look at it in there you know, towards the end of the game, and, and maybe if Mane is injured he, and he does have a bit of a rejig. Because my worry with Lucas, uh, he played very, very well, and I'd like to talk about Lucas in a second. But my worry with him is whether he's got the legs to play against Bournemouth and then even perhaps play against again against Stoke. So perhaps Trent might come in. Do you think he could come in Bo- at Bournemouth? I don't know. Or, or I mean, Stoke, it's it. It'd feel like less of a gamble to put him in yeah. in a Bournemouth-type game where you would imagine both sides will sort of play their football a little bit if we knew anything of Hedy Howe. Yeah. And, you know, a home game, he's very comfortable at Anfield, it seems to me, at the moment. And he, he could potentially... I mean, the way Klopp was talking afterwards, he was seeing um, TAA as a possible um, replacement at some stage if if for Pace down that right side... Um, for Mane yeah, yeah. and whether that's on Wednesday I, I just don't know but it's a, it's a, it's a possibility but um, the other fellow Rejig they could have a guess uh, Pacey would be a Rigi uh, coming into the side and when he came on he he, he seemed like a, a player re- reborn as well didn't he? He did yeah I think that's probably the most the most likely solution that, that Klopp will go for because you know, I, I could understand why he didn't pick a Rigi on the weekend because I don't think he'd seen anything like enough from Origi when he has had opportunities in recent months, but um, yeah, I think you know I'd put I'd put Origi's you know improvement on on the weekend in the same bracket as Coutinho's to be honest because he it, you know it was, it was so often in the last few months Origi has come on and not affected games and and you can see Klopp you know gradually you know losing his rag at, you know, and barking orders at him and. You know, flinging his arms up in despair, as if to say, you know, that is not what what I've, what I've asked you to do. And the absolute opposite was the case on Saturday. I think he was bang on it from the the first minute. I'm I'm sure that in the back of his mind, part of it was, 
he was fired up by what had happened in that correspondent fixture last season when he was cut down by that Funes Mori challenge in, when he was in the form of his life. And you know, it was I think there was a fair bit of feeling behind that that shot that he uh, that he fired past Robles to to wrap up the points. But even even after that, you know, aside from the goal, I thought. He just held the ball up so much better. His movement was was more intelligent and more purposeful, and he, he provided you know a focal point in the you know up top that that he hasn't been providing in in too many other games. So so yeah, that was that, that was important for Origi because um, you know it's it's uh, it has been a you know disappointing season for him. He had that brief little spell kind of mid November to mid December where. You thought he was going to kick on, and he regressed pretty alarmingly. But uh, no, it was it was great to see him back back on form. Yeah, we should should say at this point that um, we're still waiting on the results of uh, Sadio Mane's scan on his injured knee. I think think it was yeah. there was some confusion between his ankle and his knee, but it looks like his knee. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But obviously, uh, pretty clear from the manager he wouldn't play against Bournemouth after the game. Joe, would you? Continue with Origi at centre forward because there was always the option to leave him for Mino down the middle and putting Origi out wide. But you lose a bit yeah. for either of them yeah. putting them out wide. But I think perhaps Firmino adapts better to out wide than Origi does. Yeah, perhaps so. I mean, I, I've been sort of one to say to play Origi out wide, especially left from the left because he does seem to like to receive it out on the touchline and try and bring it in. He had almost straight away. I had to go against Everton with his right foot. Very similar to the Sunderland yeah, goal, yeah, wasn't he it? He tried to curl it, didn't he? But um, I, st- I certainly think with Origi, you've got to harness uh, the momentum now with this lad because he he does seem to he's quite patchy, isn't he? He'll, he'll go through a, a decent patch of form, and then once he gets into a rut, he seems to get stuck a bit. And I think I think with him now, now he's got the goal, he, his confidence will be up, and I'd almost back him again to score against Bournemouth if he plays because he's just that sort of player. And and I think yeah, I think playing him up front perhaps would probably be the better idea to to, to try and harness that. Because perhaps asking him to do a job out wide might nullify him a little bit, um, but then you don't get it, it is a difficult one because you don't get as much out for me, you know, do you? you get a more workmanlike performance out wide? Um, so it's it's a difficult one for Klopp to solve, really. Yeah, yeah. I find it hard. PSC, the um, obviously next game Bournemouth, and um, it's it seems that I mean Bournemouth are one of those teams you'd like to be playing at this time of year in the sense that. Uh, I'd look at the table. I think they're eleventh, seven points above relegation at this point. There seems to be a reasonable buffer for them, um, and obviously they don't really have much to push on for at the top end of the table. But um, but we only have to remember that Bournemouth for me was the game that changed Liverpool's season uh, down there, and uh, you know a game that Liverpool should have won, but which had terrible effects psychologically. I think both on Liverpool and. Future Liverpool opponents looking at them as a side who you could you could still get at. Yeah, well, I think I think that was the day, wasn't it? Looking back now, where you know Liverpool's probably you know, serious hopes of maintaining the title title challenge pretty much died a death. I think you know they, they were they they've been leading the way in the weeks leading up to that game, um, and you know I think I think what was most difficult to take was. You know, it was it, it, you know it was the, the manner in which they threw it away because what they three one up with. Fifteen minutes to go, and it was it was the kind of kind of you know, spineless capitulation that I think. Well, you know, thankfully we haven't really seen it since. But I think even even at that time we thought that it was, that was the kind of thing that Klopp had banished with you know having talked about you know the greater kind of backbone and, and mental strength that he put in the team and resilience. So that was that was difficult to take because you know that game was effectively 
won. Liverpool had, you know, had done well to get themselves in a the position in control, and you know they just, you know, tactically, you know, I think I think they they got far too gung ho when they they they, they should have just been looking to, to play out time, and then panic set in. So you, know, you you'd, you'd like to think that that you know that all that afternoon down on the south coast back and back in December will focus a few Liverpool minds going into going into Wednesday night because. Um, it's a game that Liverpool should win, but um, you know, but the game down at Bournemouth showed that what happens if your attitude isn't right. Yeah, absolutely, and and there can't be any excuses for a for a bad attitude, Joe, coming off a derby victory. And these home games are so important, especially when you look beyond it and you see Saturday, yeah. three o'clock Saturday kickoff at Stoke, Grand National Day. I know it shouldn't really count, but you just I'm just not convinced that. Everyone's going to be completely on it on a three pm Saturday at Stoke. Yeah, you, yeah, you're exactly right. I think I think these home games now are just must wins now, aren't they? For Liverpool, they just need to sort of tick these ones off and then navigate some of the trickier ways. And, and Bournemouth at home, as you say, they're mid table now, nothing to play for. They're a team who likes to play a bit of football, so they're not the sort of team that are going to come and kick you off the park. There's somebody really you should just be getting past, getting your three points and, and move on. Um, They've got some good players, yeah, haven't yeah, they? they? They've, you know, they've, they've got, got some uh, talented players, but I don't think they're the sort of team that are really going to... You wouldn't accept, up, uh, expect them to come and upset the odds against Liverpool to come and put them under a lot of pressure or even put 10 men behind the ball and just sit in. You expect them to try and play a bit of football with you and that sometimes, well, that does play into Liverpool's hands, doesn't it? Yeah. Piercy, the, the, the thing I was... I wrote a piece after the game about on Sunday was feeling that if Liverpool are without Manny and obviously we know how that played out in January but it, it feels like they're in a better position maybe to deal with it this time in the sense that Coutinho looked like he was just coming back into really stellar form yeah. Origi looked like he was coming into form and there looks like I mean Klopp mentioned after that he thought Sturridge could even be back you know who knows what, what form he'll come back in but could be back soon as well and the, the the double whammy in January seemed to be we lost Mane but everyone else around him was out of form and feels like we we might be in a different you know Touchwood might be in a different position than that you know at, at this stage. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think probably defensively as well. You know that was probably what got overlooked maybe a little bit on the weekend was you know the, the bonus of having Matip and Lovren back back together playing well. You know they you know obviously that that partnership. You know, from the start of the season, it was pretty clear that was going to be Klopp's first choice partnership. Yet, for an array of you know injury uh, worries and problems, that you know what, what they only played what 13, 13 games or something I think in the Premier League together, yeah. those two. So you know to see to see Lovren back performing like that, you know I think you know, having Matip alongside him helps him. I think he's a calming influence. Matip uh, again, you know he, his form was pretty ropey after he came back from injury initially, but he. He, you know, he looked back to his best at the weekend as well. So yeah, I think you know, Mane it will be a huge miss because, you know, yet again, you know, how many big games have he influenced for Liverpool this season? You know, he set the tone on Saturday with that, with that early goal. Um, you know, and you do miss his creativity and, and pace. But yeah, I, I think you know when you look at how the other players around him performed on the weekend, I think, I think, I think there's good reason to believe that Liverpool would would be able to cope. Um, Without him, hopefully, you know it, it will be a short-term thing. I know, obviously, we're waiting for those scan results. You know, when he when he came through the mixed zone interview area on Saturday, um, you know there was no knee brace on, there was no crutches. Um, he, he was pulling his own suitcase, so you know he, he he shouted across that he was okay, and 
you know, obviously, you know, you, you never know what scan's going to show up, but you know, that that was a promising early sign that that hopefully it's it, it's going to be a short-term thing rather than than a problem that ends this season. Yeah, I'll come back to you in a sec about Mick's own uh, PC about another man you spoke to there, uh, Lovren, but you know, Joe and obviously Lovren was the victim of of a you know a challenge from Ross Barkley that's had lots of attention. There was a couple of other challenges in the game. Um, Barkley was involved in in a few of them. Um, what was your view on it? I have to say, watching live, uh, in the without the benefit of slow motion replays and everything else, I didn't actually see a tackle that I'd regard as an absolutely horrendous derby challenge. Yeah. Um, I know that that, that there's been talk from uh, you. you Put some Dermot Gallagher quotes on yeah, the live yeah, blog yeah. earlier, didn't you, about it? What, what, what's your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, I was back in the office, um, so we saw it, and you know, I, I'm going to put my neck on the line here and think and say, you know, it was it was late, and, and looking back at it, it looked a bad one, and, and Lovren could have got hurt, but I don't think Barkley. I think he overran the ball, and I think it was a simple case of Lovren got there first, and his, and, and Barkley's foot just comes down, and I honestly think he's just running. I think he runs forward, takes a bad touch, tries to overcompensate for it, and put it, puts his foot down. Lovren just nicks in and nicks the toes the ball away from him and just gets stood on. And I don't think, in the grand scheme of things, it was a nasty tackle. You know, he made he made one earlier, which I thought he was very lucky to not get a, at least a yellow card for very early in the game. And it looked like Taylor just wanted to let the game sort of flow a bit then. And I think he got away with that one big time. And Williams made one on the end against at the end against Chan that I thought was a lot worse. But that Barkley one, I didn't think was that bad. But a lot of people are saying it should have been a red. But I've seen one or two things, and I, one of the things I can't stand about Derby is, is he either sets the fans crying it in afterwards and acting like acting holier than thou. You know, every team is capable of it. Carragher did a decent column at the weekend for the Mail saying that every player is capable of of poor tackles, and I, and, I, and I think that's the case. You know, Liverpool have put their fair share of bad ones in. We all know it. Stephen Gerrard down the years and Barkley to me is not a dirty player he's just the same sort of player he goes into a derby he's a local lad and you know what do we ask for in players we ask for players not to not to shirk a challenge to, to get involved to get stuck in we like that and Barkley you know is, is guilty probably of being a little bit over enthusiastic at times but I don't think he's a nasty player I think you know yeah I, I just think he overran the ball I, I, you know I'll stick my neck on the line there and say that um, People, I'm sure, will disagree with me and, and say that he should have been sent off, but that's just my my feeling on it. Yeah, James, you, you spoke to Lovren in, in, in the mix zone, as I say, and did a piece uh, yesterday um, with him. Um, he essentially didn't have too many problems with the challenge, but felt that once it had happened, that there should there was should have been a sort of apology forthcoming from from Barkley after the game, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. It was it was quite funny because initially you know well he was determined not to make a fuss of it. He said you know no no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether it should have been a, a red card. You know I'm not I'm not gonna show you my my leg because if I showed you my leg there'd be headlines and he, he only really bit on it when uh, when someone asked if there'd been an apology and that was uh, that was when he said that uh, that was the one thing that annoyed him. You know the fact that if you know if you're guilty of a of a of a challenge like that you know you should at least. Uh, say sorry and uh, interesting just as he was finishing up the interview Barkley was actually walking through and uh, you know he had the, he did have the opportunity then if he'd wanted to to inquire about Lovren's well-being but um, but no there was there was no, no eye contact between them and they uh, they went their separate ways um, I, I, to be honest I, 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 I was I couldn't believe that Barkley stayed on the pitch to be honest because I know 
I know Anthony Taylor was was doing that referee thing of not wanting to show cards too early in a in a derby, but the, the inconsistency is ridiculous. I mean, the, the the first one on on Chan has to be a yellow card early on. You know, that yeah. I, I understand referees don't want to be showing cards for nothing, but that was a horrendous tackle. And you know, and and then the second one on on Lovren is you know it, it's a it's a definite yellow. I think I, players have been sent off for a lot less than that this season. Um, you know, and, and I think you know he, he should have gone for two yellows at the absolute least, possibly a red for the for the second one. And you know, as Joe said, I think Ashley Williams as well probably you know with all the focus on Barkley, you know, I think he was very very lucky to stay on because. You know, when when you hear current and former referees talk about you know players getting sent off when they're not in control, well, he, there's no way he was in control of that challenge where he planted his studs in Chan, and that was you know that was a classic example of a player having a terrible touch and then being desperate to make amends and, and, and recklessly throwing himself at an opponent. So um, yeah, I think you know Everton just in general you know lost their heads. I thought. Um, and to their credit, Liverpool didn't didn't rise to the bait. I think you know Lucas probably epitomised you know what Klopp had spoke about on Friday, which was wanting controlled aggression in the derby and um, you know winning winning battles fairly, um, which is which, which is what they did all over the pitch. The um, the other great thing that that happened over the weekend was other results for Liverpool, um, Manchester United. Nil West Brom nil was a was a huge bonus, and then of course yesterday, it was funny. There was a lot of Liverpool fans seemed keen for Arsenal to beat Man City. I think presumably, obviously to try and keep Liverpool in their yeah. ahead of Man City or whatever. But for me, ultimately, all Liverpool have to do is finish top four. That means they have to be ahead of two teams at the end of the season. And I think. Um, you know, keeping Arsenal and Manchester United beneath them is are the two teams who look most vulnerable in that in that situation. And um, I would certainly rather have City win the game than Arsenal. But a draw, Joe, was probably just about perfect in that game too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, as we were saying before about winning your home games, the United one was a massive boost because they're the sort of games that they now really need to win if they're going to try and get into the top four because they're trying to make up ground now, aren't they? And then they've got Everton tomorrow night, which sort of hoping that Everton could do Liverpool a favour now and take some points off them. And, of course, Man City go to Chelsea, don't they? So Chelsea are going to be looking to bounce back and make sure that they don't make one defeat into two. So um, That's a situation where Liverpool should be supporting Chelsea. I'm, yeah, I'm, definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. And, and, and you, you've you got to hope there that basically a good week turns into a fantastic one with a couple of couple more decent results and Liverpool keep their end of the bargain. But, yeah, I think yesterday a draw was a good result. It took away... Cause City after drawing with Liverpool looked like they were recovering some momentum, beating Arsenal. It kept Arsenal sort of in a rut without, you know, without keeping knocking them out the race completely. But it still kept them in a rut. So I think it was a really, really positive weekend, and we could have a positive week with with a bit of luck. Piercy, have you been uh, been looking at the passport, thinking there's looking ever more likely there'll be some <laughs> decent Champions League trips coming coming up next next season? Uh, well, I th- yeah, I think the big thing after the weekend, you know, with, with the other results as well, is you know, it, the, the, the great thing is now it's in Liverpool's hands, isn't it? I think you know in the last few weeks we've kind of said you know at least they've got points on the board, but you know you're kind of looking over your shoulder, looking at the games in hand, and that's not a that's not a concern currently. I think what they probably what six clear United who've got two in two games in hand, but you know a, a, a fairly inferior goal difference, and and Arsenal a few points further back than that, so. Yeah, I think the big thing now is that 
it's Liverpool are in a fantastic position. You know, you, if, if if someone had offered you this at the start of the season, I think most fans would have taken it. Um, you know, and I, and I think you know you're, you're also at a point where it, it would now be a you know a, a huge disappointment to miss out on the top four because you know the, the platform's there to to go on and and, and seal a Champions League spot. And you know, I think the season would would be regarded as a failure if they were to miss out because. You know, with, with 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 the fixtures they got left on paper, I know I know obviously these are the type of games that Liverpool have found more difficult than facing the top teams. But you know, with with the games they've got left, and and you know when they perform like they did to the level they they did on Saturday, there's absolutely no reason why Liverpool shouldn't push on and, and finish in that top four. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I'm I'm thinking you know be absolutely you know cut through it as possible against Bournemouth Wednesday night. Just yeah. you know put everything into that game, get yeah. get another three points on the board. And that gives you a leeway that if we do see a sadly Liverpool-esque away performance at somewhere <laughs> like Stoke or West Brom in those preceding games, it gives you a little bit of slack that yeah. you can maybe afford to drop a couple of points in, in one of those two games. Definitely. You know, do you know what I think bodes well? is that I saw a few people saying it wasn't the greatest team performance on Saturday. and you know I, I thought they played quite well, but I can see where they're coming from. But what bodes well for me is that it was a great. There were great individual performances all over the park. You know, the two centre halves dominated. Lucas gave Davis and, and, and Gay a lesson in midfield play, and then up front, individually, they all performed well. Chan as well, Chan, of course. Chan as well, yeah. of course. Wijnaldum's kept his form going, um, and even the two fullbacks remained solid. Uh, and, and Mignolet made some good saves. So going into sort of Saturday's game, and this is not looking past Bournemouth, but but you look at these tricky away games like Stoke, West Brom, still to come. Um, that's going to be about winning your individual battles, doing your jobs right, and and winning those sort of all those headers and all those little tackles in midfield, and it, you know hopefully that's given all those players a bit of confidence going away to those trips that they can win the physical side of things, and and I think that's where Liverpool have suffered before away from home is that they've lost the physical battles and been outworked, but you know I, I hope that that gives them confidence now because um, they've certainly you know they. They can certainly beat these teams at football. It's just that they lose out when it comes to to battles, and um, you know I think that especially against Stoke, you, you know Stoke, West Brom, you know what you're getting, don't you? Yeah, James, we could do with Lovren when he came on the pitch and said just looked like he was right. I'm going to have a battle with Lukaku and I'm going to win it, and he just went out there and won it. Obviously, we know his leg may not be in the greatest shape in the world by the signs of it. Other, I suspect it's a it's got a, a purple hairs on it <laughs> uh, uh, as we speak, but hopefully he can. Come out and see those those two games in particular as opportunities for him to really go and say to Jurgen Klopp, look, if you're going to go and buy a centre half in the summer, don't forget that I've still got a lot to offer as well. Yeah, and I think contract talks tend to focus the players' mind as well, don't they? And you know, he he spoke after the game Saturday about you know talks are ongoing with his representatives and you know how he's he's keen to to stay and and be a big part of the future under Klopp and. So, yeah, I think you know. I think Lovren's still got a you know a fair amount to prove. I think you know he's he's come on hugely since you know that that horrendous first season he he had at, at Liverpool, and you know he, he's 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 spoken pretty candidly before about you know having to try and get to grips with the, the pressure and expectation of being a Liverpool player. But um, yeah, I think you know the big disappointment this season has been that he's, he's missed so much football and for you know for relatively minor injuries. You know, I think it's. It's it's very important for Lover now that he that he, he stays fit and, and and really builds on that partnership with Matip because I think you're right he's going Klopp's going to have to go and buy a centre half in the summer um, you know what what 
kind of calibre of centre half he should be he should be going for or, or will go for may well be dictated by how Lovren does between between now and the end of the season because you know there's no doubt that I think Joel Matip is Liverpool's number one centre half. Um, you know, the, the question is, you know, does does Klopp think Lovren is a good enough and b reliable enough physically to to to, to be you know that Matip's uh, partner week in week out next season? It was interesting. We did a. Uh, an Anfield extra pod with with uh, Paul Joyce from the Times earlier, and we were talking about the goalkeeping situations. And I was mentioning that if you looked at the two sides, after all the talk we've had this season of Liverpool's goalkeeping issues, if there was one <laughs> side on the pitch on Saturday, it wasn't Liverpool in desperately in need of a of a new goalkeeper. It, it, it appeared, and uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the, you know, when he had to, you know, there was a very good save from the from the Mig on the um, on the deflected shot, wasn't there? Uh, which you know. Could easily have got past them. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a tweet going around that made me laugh afterwards, saying Robles was playing like he was playing five aside and wanted the next player to go in. You know? <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't, he made less saves than you do, James, on a Wednesday night. You know? I've let the two in, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't want to put his hands up, did he? It was crazy. But Mignolet made a great save from Holgate, the deflected yeah. shot. I was talking to Andy about it before. We'd like to see it from from the angle from behind because because Mignolet seemed to readjust and just tip it tip it over, didn't he? Yeah. He's a, yeah. He, I mean, he's yeah. It's 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 not a debate that will go away. But I think at this stage, potentially, it's not number one in Jurgen Klopp's summer shopping list. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, I would have thought it's like three or four down the list at minimum, probably for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. I think you may maybe even further than that. I think if if I was drawing up a list of what Liverpool need to buy this summer, you know, I think I think you'd have to have you know a, a proper established striker up there. You'd have to have a, another wide man. A left back, you know, I'd, I'd want a, a, a centre midfielder with a, with a real physical presence. As we said before, we need a centre half, and I, 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 for me, probably keeper would be fifth or sixth. I just think, I, I think in general, Mignolet has actually had a very good season. You know, he's, yeah, he's made a couple of high-profile errors, um, which has which has been costly at times. But you know, I think it's a, I think it's a case to be careful what you wish for because it was. You know, Mignolet's reaching an age now where, you know, I remember Ray Clements speaking earlier on the season the event I went to, kind of saying then that, you know, what is he, 29 years of age? He said, you know, 31, 32, a goalkeeper's at his peak. Um, you know, and, you know, I read things like people saying, oh, Liverpool should go and spend big on Jordan Pickford. Well, you know, as, as we've seen before, there's such a huge difference between playing for a, a team that's fighting relegation and one that's, that's, that's up there competing for Champions League places and and trophies, and um, I think it would be fascinating to see what Klopp does do on the goalkeeper front, because I'd be amazed if he showed Carrius the door after one season, I think that was a purchase with the future in mind, and you know, I, I, I think he, he will stay put as long as Carrius himself isn't, isn't you know, restless and, and pushing for a move, um, and then you think, you know, I just don't think it would make much sense, you know, I've heard some people say, well, he should sell Mignolet and bring in someone else to compete with Carrius, but you know, if he thought that if he thought that Carrius was was better than Mignolet, then Carrius would, would be playing at the moment. So, you know, I, I think Mignolet is still very much in possession of that shirt. And if he continues to to maintain the levels in general that we've seen, then I, I don't see why he shouldn't be Liverpool's number one again next season. Do you know what I think is quite difficult as well about buying a goalkeeper? You, you've seen it before when people have spent, let's just say, Jordan Pickford, Liverpool go and spend twenty odd million because that's what it would cost to get yeah. a goalkeeper like Pickford. And he can make one or two mistakes in his first sort of 
few months, I mean, look at Carriers, and they can destroy their confidence, and they're not the same goalkeeper. It's very yeah. difficult to buy. Man United struggled, didn't they, in the early 2000s for years, and then ended up picking, picking up Van der Sar on a free towards the end of his career. And, and I think, if you, you know, if you're, if you're Liverpool in the summer and you've got so many positions you need to strengthen, spending big on a goalkeeper shouldn't be a priority because it's just so difficult. And Mignolet is not as bad as... I mean, he does make some, some silly errors every now and again, but by and large... You know, he's one of the best shot stoppers in the league. Um, his kicking hasn't half improved, and and he, he has got stronger this season. So I don't think, I just don't think you need to spend big money on a goalkeeper. And and with a bit of luck, a bit more time for Carius, and and he will grow and and become a, a more reliable understudy slash even number one next year. You know, he, he probably deserves a bit more time, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, for Bournemouth Wednesday night. Um, we we expecting to see him again, bar obviously Mane not likely to, well, won't make it, we're pretty certain. So you would imagine Origi down the middle and Firmino and Coutinho behind and everything else as you were, James, probably? Yeah, I'd be surprised if, if there are any other changes. I think if there are any other changes, they'll be enforced. I think, you know, obviously you, you, you may be worried about someone like Emery Chan with the, the battering he took. I'm sure he's got a few stud marks on his legs. Um, but um, but I, I mean he seemed okay after the game. So you know, and, and probably the same with with Lovren. You know, they, as long as they've had no no uh, ill effects from that, you'd, you'd imagine he'd, he'd go same again. And you know, the, the, the challenge for Klopp is just to ensure that Liverpool don't ease off and that they're trying to trying to replicate that that tempo and intensity in a you know a, against a lesser lesser team when you know it, and, and trying to get into the players' heads where you know maybe. Some of them might think the stakes aren't as high as they were on the weekend, but you know, in truth, they are because you know the position that Liverpool are in. Every every game matters that much. You know, there's eight eight to go, and you know they're eight wins away from from getting the club back to where everyone wants to see them, and that's, you know competing as part of Europe's elite. Well, I'm hoping he's uh, picked out that quote from um, was it Steve Cook, the Bournemouth captain, after the game down there, where he suggested that um, they'd all had a big chat about how. They'd be be able to get stuck into Liverpool, and uh, and and it was it, it basically came off for them. So I'm hoping I'm hoping Klopp will be using that uh, desire for revenge as uh, as very much a, a motivating factor for 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 Wednesday night. But um, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. We'll um, we'll look forward to uh, to Bournemouth Wednesday night. Hopefully a similar result to the weekend, and we'll be back to. Um, talk it all through uh, probably on Thursday so uh, Piercy thanks to you hope the legs recover mate Cheers. and uh, and Joe thanks very much this has Cheers. been your um, Blood Red podcast and we'll see you all on Thursday <laughs>